1: Lift off. We
0: have a lift off. Welcome to the ball blast podcast here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Hey,
2: welcome into the ball blast fantasy football podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL network. And I'm joined by my lovely wife, Life as well, Kate Maju, Content Manager with DraftKings Nation, and Jake Trowbridge, Social Media Extraordinaire and Contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys and gals?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to talk to your life like that, man. Your life (laughs) is sitting right next to you, which is actually kind of a sweet way of saying that, if I'm being honest.
1: It's super cute. Oh my yeah. god, You're Michelle my life. Was saved. Yeah. Saved. <laughs> uh, so now I mean like thank you, Michelle, because now I'm not gonna have to edit that out. Uh, so thank <laughs> you for thank you for saving the fumble You're um welcome. tuck rule. I it's think. what it's the job of the host. This was the tuck rule. Yeah. Tuck, the tuck rule of podcasting.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You're Tom Brady. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Now You're retiring. But <laughs> talking about the greatest of, of all time, right, Tom Brady, Aww. the episode today, I'm going to make a little reach here. We're talking about guys that are going to have the best career season so far.
1: Wow. Nice Look at transition. that transition. Thank Man. you. Thank you so much. Row level stuff. Lady. Yeah, let's just shut this shit down. It like took we're done.
2: It took Tom Brady a while, right? In his career to have the best career season ever of his own career. So we're talking about players that have been in the league. It's not like, oh, this is a second year guy or a third year guy. No. Guys that have been decently good, but we think they're going to take that next step up in 2022 and have the best career season. So that's our main segment today. But first, you know, we got to get into talk of the town.
0: You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town.
2: All right, this talk of the town. We're not going to focus too much on the negativity, right? Because it's surrounding Deshaun Watson, of course. That's the talk of the town this week. He's in his whole... His old, whole thing deciding, the NFL is trying to decide how long his suspension will be. And we don't know what that will be yet, right? We're recording on Wednesday night. Maybe you guys know by the time you're listening to this. Maybe we don't. They're going to have another day of hearings or judgings, however,
1: however I want to
2: say it, um, on Thursday. So I don't know when we'll know when his suspension is, but it's still important to talk about the Cleveland Browns skill players and how they will it be impacted in fantasy football if Deshaun Watson gets a suspension. Let's say it's, let's go with the year. Maybe it ends up being wrong in only eight weeks. Um, but let's just say it's a year suspension. We're just going to make this up. Maybe it's shorter. Who knows? But how will this affect the Browns skill players, especially when it comes to Nick Chubb, right? He's the most expensive one of this whole entire group, will his will this make you lower him in your rankings at all if Watson is suspended for the entire year?
0: It's not going to make me lower him. It might make the opposite happen yeah. for me, which is raising him, by the way. I think that <laughs> the, if the transition happens, where they transition to Jacoby Brissett, which at this point, doesn't it feel like it has to be Jacoby Brissett? It can't possibly be Baker Mayfield still. Yeah, There's no way that that can happen. No, if no. He, even if he doesn't get traded, like he's just got. To, twist, I don't know.
1: It's Drew Locke.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. That, that would make me make wipe Nick Chubb off the board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a chance, but if it is Brissett, I would raise it because all of the rushing, they're going to have to lean on the rushing game so much in that scenario. So then I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit more in on Chubb.
2: Yeah, I I don't think Chubb would change for me at all, right? Maybe his touchdowns would come down a bit because with Watson, you would think they're going to be scoring, have more scoring opportunities. Chubb could get in the end zone more, but I think with Brissett, he's going to have more rushing opportunities. Uh, and maybe more targets because Brissett's way less likely to take off and run than Watson is. So I I think Chubb would pretty much stay the same for me there. And then kind of same with
1: Kareem Hunt. That's actually the point I want to talk about. So I think both of these running backs could have um, big seasons. I think both of them will be utilized. But I do think that at their current pricing – Kareem Hunt is definitely the more intriguing of the two, considering that you have to pay up top 10 pricing for Nick Chubb. He is being drafted right now. And of course it's early in the off season and we don't know what's going on, but in mock drafts, he's going as the RB eight uh, and half PPR scoring. Kareem Hunt as absolutely all of the same potential scoring opportunities. He has PPR upside through the roof and he's being drafted as the RB30. I don't think the gap is significant enough between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to not be smashing Kareem Hunt as, as his current ADP. Like that doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah, and I'm really Maybe
1: Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb at price every single day.
2: Yeah, 100% me too and it doesn't matter whether it's Watson or Brissett. I do think when it comes to or Kareem Drew Hunt Locke. when it comes to Kareem Hunt I do think his overall ceiling is higher with a a guy like watson but with Brissett, he'll still get his targets uh i don't know how valuable they'll be i don't know how many touchdowns will they'll, they'll be to go around between chubb and hunt but i'm still taking hunt over chubb at cost either way what about you jake
0: yeah i like i don't know if i could convince myself to draft either of them still like I believe what we're saying here is that they would both hypothetically be just as good or maybe even better in that circumstance but I still think that there is going to unless there's some major deflation in draft costs which could happen and if they deflate a little bit and then Nick Chubb's not a top 10 guy and I guess I could see Kareem Hunt because what do you have to lose there so I guess I'll go Hunt um, I guess I'm not as convinced that he'll get a massive target chunk, which is what I would like to see there. So, but at, at his price range, sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. Let's move on to Amari Cooper, right? I, I feel like people are like, okay, well now he's on the Browns. He's pretty much the only wide receiver that many people can name. Right. I know like some of you are really in the fantasy football and yes, you can name Donovan Peoples Jones. Don't come at me, but on a large scale, most people are like, oh, Amari Cooper. He's clearly the only wide receiver there. The issue with me, with Amari Cooper, is he's just had a lot of meh seasons, right? Even his best seasons of his career are pretty meh. I mean, he's never had more than 1,189 receiving yards. He's never had more than eight receiving touchdowns in a season. Those are that's a good season, right? That's a good season together, but it's not amazing. It's really not amazing in any terms. Like he's not, he's never had special seasons, and he's been in the league for a very long time now. To be like, ooh, I need to buy into this guy, even if Deshaun Watson's gone. And even with Deshaun Watson, it's like, well, he was on the best offense in the NFL last year. The offense that scored the most points per game in the NFL. He had Dak Prescott, who put up 45 points yards and 37 touchdowns all through the air and Amari Cooper had 865 yards and eight touchdowns so I don't know if I want him even if Watson's there but I definitely he's off my radar a hundred percent with percent what about you guys yeah
0: yeah I can't I can't imagine a world where I draft Amari Cooper if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. Nothing against Brissett. Like, as a pure player, fine. And maybe he's even a decent dart throw for two QB leagues in your situation there. Brissett himself, fine. Amari Cooper, no. Um, I just look back at the only couple of seasons we have to work with with Brissett, where he started for Indy which is already a different offense. I mean, the Browns are already a much more run centric offense anyways, but T Y Hilton had the best uh, receiving output of anybody there over those two years. And he got 109 targets, 57 receptions, 966 yards four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, maybe he gets that. And I don't know that I'm going to be super thrilled, you know, so I'm out.
1: Okay. So here's where I get tripped up. Uh, Like Michelle, I know you mentioned, obviously, like Dak Prescott had this amazing year and Amari Cooper still wasn't like top dog. We look at the first half of his career. He played with Derek Carr, who we all know um, has been performing lately, but maybe got off to a slower start than people would like. Um, But I mean, the last couple of seasons, he has had plenty of target competition in games where he's seen. Six or more targets throughout his career. He's averaging 17.6 points in per game in PPR leagues. A pace over 17 games for 1,400 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Like when he gets the target share, which I think he does kind of by default at this point. And how much do uh, they
2: throw with Brissett? But though?
1: Michelle, especially so with Brissette, because like I mean, we've talked about this before with bad quarterbacks sometimes they don't necessarily make all of the reads. Like I think Jacoby Brissett is probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league besides Baker Mayfield. But oh. <laughs> ah. ah. but I do think that.
2: Okay, but well, we already have two years of Jacoby Brissett starting and we've seen what he's done with a T.Y. Hilton who is super, super talented. He played all 16, 16 Michel, games, put up 900 also,
1: yards. You also have a better rushing offense here in Cleveland, I think, than you did in Indy at that point in time and that works, you're going to pass less and you have no, why I, I think that absolutely helps with efficiency. So like give give Amari Cooper the same target share that you gave T.Y. Hilton and I think he's going to be more efficient with it, yeah. especially in this offense. I'm not saying it's like a sexy pick, but. At wide receiver, nineteen right now. Like I don't really. Think oh, I didn't even know he was of- that high. I would never even consider him in a gazillion years. I thought he would be lower
2: twenties, honestly. Amari of Cooper. his ADP, he's going right after Michael Michael Pittman Jr., who I think has a ceiling that is a hundred times higher than Amari Cooper. He's going before Mike Williams, who, by the way, Mike Williams was a hundred times better than him last year in fantasy when and he in saw real the life. Targets. And he still has Justin Herbert and is still like he's going to do his thing and he's so many guys are going after Amari Cooper. He would have to drop so far for me to even consider him.
1: And don't you think he will? If Deshaun Watson, is I would rather Gabriel back. Davis than Amari Cooper.
0: Uh, I like, don't know if I'm up. there. Straight up.
1: straight up. So you're yeah, I don't going to there. rank Gabriel Davis. I'd rather ahead. Juju Smith
2: Schuster than Amari Cooper. And these people are going
1: 20 I, mean, I wide receiver spots. After Michelle, him. get both. That's the thing. You don't have to compete with these guys. No, I don't want Mari Cooper Prescott. at all. I mean, I think you're just, you're being no, a little. No, I'm not. Okay. But. I, I You do you, boo. I will, be- I will <laughs> reap all of the benefits. Yeah, you take all fun. your Mari yeah.
2: Coopers. That's fine. He couldn't even do it with Dak Prescott,
1: but he's going to do it with Michelle, Zicobe I just gave Brissette. you the stats when he gets more than six targets per game. Mari Cooper is one of the most underrated wide do receivers. Do that six in targets Indiana. per game over the last two years. Actually, just last year. I'm not going to do it with just All right, year. the last two years. Yeah, over the last two seasons, uh 17 points All per right, game. I
2: was wrong. Okay, it didn't prove me right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you hate <laughs> when that happens? We're not even It, not it didn't prove
1: me right. So shush. Yeah, I will, no, I'm not going to read the stats cuz it doesn't prove Michelle. Even in 2020 uh sorry, 2021, in the 10 games where he had at least six targets, averaged 16.6 PPR points per game. Which would have put him on pace uh, for these particular stats for over 1,100 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. None of this is proving you right, Michelle. When Amari Cooper gets the target share, that was when he Jack produces. About, Michelle, with- it does. Like I, I'm sorry, Amari Cooper isn't a wide receiver that I think has the talent to elevate his quarterback. I like. Do you think Amari Cooper is just dead after the catch? Like Jacoby Mm -hmm. percent will complete passes. Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver. I think you're fooling yourself and you're playing yourself. And so in his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, in his eighth season,
2: he'll finally have a good year. He's he's had good years. I, I don't care about 1100 season ceiling. Like I really just don't at wide receiver 19. I really don't. I'm still going for some ceiling there. And if that person ends up having 900 yards instead of 1,100 yards, it doesn't really matter because either way they didn't help you win many games. That's really what it comes down to, especially when you're not getting a ton of receptions, right? He's doing it 68 receptions. Like if there's a guy that's a PPR monster and getting 1,100 yards, yeah, sure. Like a Deontay Johnson, but Amari Cooper's not doing that. It's just, it's way too inconsistent. Yeah, and he's getting like, rounds- almost all of his yards in like two games.
0: Yeah, I think the 2022 Cleveland Browns in this situation are the 2021 Houston Texans, with the exception that I think there's better receivers under Amari Cooper to eat away at that, and the rushing game is better. So actually, no, it's not like that. It's worse than that, I think, personally for me, for Cooper, because like the ideal world would be at least Brandon Cooks here for him, but I can't see him getting that many targets, which is what he thrived on because he had to. So that's what scares me. It's just like, and if he gets those six targets, great, but I don't know how many games he's going to get that.
2: Yeah, I exactly. think you guys are
1: playing yourselves
2: and really quickly because we have to move on to our main segment. This is way too long of a discussion on the Browns, but I do want to just point out Jacoby Brissett loves his tight ends, right? Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle combined for 827 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in 2019 with Brissett. And then in 2017, Jack Doyle led the Colts with 80 receptions. Like he was the leader on that team with Jacoby Brissett in receptions with 80. He only put up 690 yards and four touchdowns, which you would like more of on 80 receptions. He was a tight on seven that season. Maybe there's some hope with, for David Njoku then at that point, if it's Jacoby Brissett, but he's probably the only one. I'm considering out of this Kareem Hunt and Jacob or um and David and Joku at their current cost. They're probably the only people I care about for the Browns. If it's Jacoby percent,
1: David and Joku is really interesting too. Because when you look at their depth chart at tight end, it's literally David and Joku who they just paid lots of money to, and Harrison Bryant, who I, who think I know a much better tight end. I think, I mean, people love Harrison Bryant, and I like but I still think the Browns made the investment in David and Joku for a reason. And I feel like I like because the whole they're a bad organization. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's move on to our main segment. I cannot wait to get those bad reviews from those <laughs> Browns fans, except they're never listening to us anyways. We're, they know we're Steelers fans. They're not listening to us either way. Uh, but let's move on to our main segment. Players that will have their best career season yet in 2022. So we're each going to go through our top two people that we think are going to have great seasons. Jake, this is a big one from you because he's had some really good seasons throughout his entire career. Tell me why you think this will be his best yet.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm so in on Mike Evans. This year, I didn't realize this until pretty recently. I'm a little ashamed at how long it took me to get aboard the Mike Evans train. Um, But to be fair, there's a lot of offseason happenings that are working its way towards favorability for Mike Evans. So you mentioned Evans has already had great seasons. Yes, absolutely. He's uh, crushing it in thousand yard seasons. Hasn't had one below a thousand yards just yet. And it's a tall order. Yeah, it's ever in eight years he has not fallen below a thousand yards. It's going to be tough to top his twenty sixteen season when he finished as the wide receiver two, I believe, in PPR, and he had an insane target share: one hundred and seventy three targets, ninety six receptions, thirteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns with Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we're moving in to the Tom Brady maybe swan song i don't know he might retire like 18 more times before everything's said and done but this certainly feels like the year where it really is it for tom now it could give me we some say pause. That every
1: year jake
0: i know and that's why i'm i'm leaning into it this time i normally <laughs> back away and i say no i won't <laughs> let, the, let it get me but this time i'm leaning into it because i'm tired of being wrong So if everything was as it was last year, I would not be saying this about Mike Evans because there's a change of coaching staff. So that's maybe the big focus here. They're shifting towards Todd Bowles. And I know everybody thinks, well, yes, Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles it's going to be a majorly defensive focused team here. And I'm not fully buying that. I understand that there is going to be a backing off from the Bruce Arians years here. I'm not expecting Tom Brady to throw for 719 passes again. This season, a career high for himself last year. That would be insane. But I do know for a fact, people have told me this in the news that Rob Gronkowski is retired for now, at least (laughs) until maybe after training camp. We'll see. But for now, he's gone. Chris Codwin is coming back from an ACL injury that seems like it's going to stretch on longer than we initially thought. The reports are super conflicting on this. I'm hearing people say he's ahead of schedule. And then every other little bit of leak comes out, says, no, no, no. He might not be ready until halfway through the season. Antonio Brown also gone. That leaves very few options. I like Russell Gage. Big fan of Russell Gage this year. I think as a value in your drafts, he's somebody that I'm looking at for sure. as the new uh, step in receiver. He is not Antonio Brown though. Uh, Even at Antonio Brown's, I don't know, worst which last year really wasn't, but he is, he's still not that it's a matter of Tom is going to step back his passing attempts for sure. That's going to happen, but where are they going to go? Because Cameron Bright is not going to eat up all of those targets. The running backs are not going to eat up all of those targets. I know people are pretty high on the rookie running back that came in here and maybe people think that Leonard Fournette will grow into his hands even more for 2022 and become a more proficient pass catcher. It's just not happening. It's going to be where Tom needs Mike Evans. So Evans last year had just under a 16% target share. I expect a super duper massive leap. A Devante Adams-esque target share this year by necessity. So... I think that the red zone is going to love Mike Evans. So over the last two years, Brady and Evans, 17 touchdowns in the 10 zone. Gronk had nine during that time. If Gronk truly stays retired, and let's pretend that he did, because it helps my argument that I think (laughs) all of those are going to Mike Evans. I don't think anybody else basically is really has a chance in the end zone, unless it's a one-yard. But what about to Tom, Tyler Johnson? No, I won't hear Tyler Johnson. I won't hear any of these third-string wide receivers that people have been hyping up forever. Uh, Tyler's not the only one there. It's it's going to be Russell Gage to some extent. Rashad it's going Berry to be Mike ben. Evans. It will not be Brashaad. Is he even with the team anymore? I don't know. Uh, that one, but he, that one he stinks.
1: That Didn't he resign with the team? I don't know. But that maybe. one stinks. I'm pretty I was sure. sure that was not going to matter.
2: I was but they can't even. Last year.
0: Oh God! But they can't even lean on the rushing game. So I mean, you know, Ronald Jones. We talk a lot of trash about him sometimes, but in terms of just running him. the ball, he's very good at just running the ball, and he's not there anymore. So I don't know. They can't really lean on that. I mean, Leonard Fournette, great, great, good for you. I hope that you continue to do well. But at worst, this is a balanced team, and at best, Mike Evans is seeing like 180 targets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So what do you think his ceiling is?
0: I think he is legitimately a top five guy pretty easily, but in terms of fantasy points, because I think that the competition around him has just gotten better. So he's only passed 300 fantasy points from what I'm looking up on Sleeper once. And that was that magical 2016 year. I think this is the year that he, he goes above that again. And I'm, I'm not saying it's a Cooper cup year, but I'm saying it's going to get close to a Cooper cup year from 2021.
1: Ooh, damn. I love it. Um, I'm just here to say that Prashad Perryman is in fact on the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, that changes everything. Big year, year. (laughs) yeah. So revise your argument, (laughs) Jason. But no, I am a hundred percent there. So I tweeted out this week that I do think that Mike Evans is like my sleeper wide receiver one pick for all of those. Like the wide receiver one, he has legitimate wide receiver one the wide receiver one potential for all of the reasons that you mentioned like I just think this is such a perfect recipe like the issue for Mike Evans especially you know with Chris Godwin in there and being as talented as Chris Godwin is Chris Godwin demands targets like when there's been nobody else to demand targets here oh Mike Evans oh Oof.
2: All right, I'm going to move on to my guy. I do like Mike Evans, but I actually like this guy a little bit more. What? And he's going. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Listen, oh, my God. I'm having the same conversation I feel like I had last year. If you want to go back and the summer episodes last year, who did I talk up incessantly? Is that the right word? Incessantly? I don't know. I blacked it out. <laughs> it was Cooper <laughs> Cup. All I said was Cooper Cup could be absolutely amazing. Cooper Cup is going to be absolutely amazing with Matthew Stafford. He's going to be amazing. This year, it's Cortland goddamn Sutton. It's Cortland Sutton. Is he going to put up 1,900 receiving yards and a gazillion touchdowns? No, probably not. But I still think he's going to have
1: the best career season by far. You mean like Mike Evans is going to do? Because he's, he's going to put up what yeah,
2: 1,900
1: no, receiving no,
2: yards. And no, 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 no. Okay. Cortland Sutton, right? He's already had a pretty good season. He had 1,100 receiving yards, 1,112 to be exact, six receiving touchdowns. Listen. It might not seem like a lot for a top season, but he's the only Broncos player to have a season with 1,000 receiving yards over the last five seasons, and he's the only one to have six receiving touchdowns over the last five seasons for the Broncos. It's like he's doing the best he can, man. He has been stuck with some brutal quarterbacks. And even last year, he led the team with 776 receiving yards. Yeah, pathetic. It, it, it is pathetic. But in his first seven games, he put up 539 receiving yards. He was on pace for 1,300 receiving yards just last season. And then the last ten games of Broncos just completely fell apart. Like Teddy Bridgewater died off. Drew Locke was in games, and he is just the worst quarterback ever besides Sam Darnold. And he's stuck with that. And he he was already producing coming off the ACL tear from 2020. It's not like we saw him slow and then he was producing. It's like, no, he was fine right off the bat. And then his quarterback sucked yet again. In 2019, he did put up a solid season. Like 1,100 yards with the Broncos. With I, I didn't even pull up. Who was quarterback in 2019? Why can't I think of it?
1: Oh, oh Joe Flacco. It Simeon? Portland, uh-huh. No, it was Joe
2: Flacco and Drew Locke. And that's, that's when he had 1,100 yards with, Drew,
1: with Joe Flacco and Drew hey, Locke. Hey, Joe Flacco can sling it.
2: Yeah, he can. And actually he can. And that's why when he was starting for the Jets last year, I was all in on Elijah Moore because he can sling it. And Cortland Sutton can get it done with guys who can sling it. Cortland Sutton has had has averaged 13.7 air yards per target in his career, which is the fourth highest among 56 players with 300 plus targets since 2018. So just fourth highest in the NFL among qualified players since 2018. Wilson, Russell Wilson, averages 9.2 air yards per attempt since 2018. That's second among quarterbacks. So these two are a perfect fit. Metcalf averaged 13.2 air yards per target with Wilson from 2020 to 2021. Like he's going to get it done with Russell Wilson. And no, Sutton hasn't had great years yet. Even though 1100 yards is decent, not great, like I was saying with Amari Cooper, but I think Wilson will change that. Wilson has supported three wide receivers in eight different instances to have eight-plus receiving touchdowns since 2015. Baldwin had two seasons. That's Doug Baldwin. Tyler Lockett had four straight seasons of eight-plus touchdowns, and DK Metcalf had two straight seasons with eight-plus touchdowns. Again, six instances of guys with a 1,000-plus receiving yards since 2015. Doug Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett but all of them did it in multiple seasons. I, I just, I don't know. I think Cortland Sutton's going to be that dude for Russell Wilson. And it's not going to be Jerry Judy. Like I think Jerry Judy will get his share, but it's going to be the Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton show. Say that 15 yeah, times. That's fast. a hard thing to say. <laughs> like last year it was between Robert Woods and Cooper cup. Right. And I just felt like Cooper cup fits so much better With Matthew Stafford's style, I think Cortland Sutton fits so much better with Russell Wilson's style. One last thing I want to say real quick. I know I've been going on for a bit. Russell Wilson has had more than double. Just hear this out. More than double the deep pass touchdowns than the Broncos have had since 2016. Since the Broncos have had as a team. More than double. So Wilson has had 65 deep pass touchdowns, and the Broncos have had 25. So it's not just even more than double, it's 15 more than double. Which is and as we crazy. all know,
0: he's barely allowed to throw them at all. So the fact that he was yes. doing that on limited pass attempts is pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, and Sutton's just going to get those deep pass touchdowns and deep pass yards, and it's going to be amazing.
0: A fully agree, so Portland Sutton in. above Judy, by the way. Full agree.
1: I don't I don't know that that's the case for Sutton's me. He's the best ADP in
2: 2022 drafts right now. He just by far is. It's, but I Michelle, will never you leave a blame draft it, him. You
1: blame it on the quarterback, and yet Courtland Sutton ranked 86th out of 90 qualifying receivers with at least 50 targets in the season in uh, yards after the catch per reception. Like so? Courtland Sutton could have done something after he caught his, his targets, his 58 targets on the season, but he did nothing. If you're getting garbage targets where you have to change your
2: body to catch them, I ab- you're not, they like, are not putting it I, in the no. spot. That's not like, that's not even a thing because the way you get yards after catch is getting something in space, getting the ball placed in perfect placement. And okay. when your quarterback sucks ass, you're not going to get those same yards after catch because you have to make amazing catches just to catch it.
1: Okay, so you're not bothered at all in, like, the decline of yards per route run from his He's still big stellar breakout season. Um, but just overall, I don't I don't get it. PFF had him great as the best
2: receiver on the team last year. Way over. That's Jerry not, Judy.
1: That's I don't feel like that's saying much because Jerry D, Jerry Judy didn't do anything.
2: I I don't know what to tell you. His average depth of target is very high. Like I just said, it's harder touchdown to get yards upside. after catch. I'm, after that.
1: I'm just to be clear, I like Courtland Sutton as a wide yards after catch are very easy when you have a short average depth of
2: target. When you're the fourth highest average depth of target in the league in your career, you're not going to have as many yards after catch. Yeah,
1: just to be clear, I like Cortland Sutton, and this is going to tie into my pick for okay. Yeah, get into yours because the career guy, but. I just want to say that, like, I don't know that I project Cortland Sutton. Maybe he gets over eleven 1, hundred touch or eleven 1, hundred receiving yards and six touchdowns. Oh, but that's the name of the game, isn't Michelle, it? I, I'm just saying I, I, don't I am know. correct as long
2: as he does that. that. Seems
1: like about right <laughs> no, for him.
2: I'm going to I I'm going to have him ranked as a top ten wide receiver, just like I had Cooper Cup ranked as the highest among all rankers in Fantasy Pros. Last season because I believed in him with Matthew Stafford. Michelle's gonna he be is- on
1: her deathbed the- talking about Cooper Cup <laughs> being ranked. Corlin, of Sutton other- is- <laughs> Corlin
2: Sutton is this year's Cooper Cup. And no, I'm not saying it's I didn't I never called for Cooper Cup having nineteen hundred yards, obviously. But I do think Corlin Sutton is he he's my this year Cooper Cup. Like so we have Cooper
0: two Cubs two new Cooper Cups yeah. already on this episode. Kate, who's your new Cooper Cup? <laughs> I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm
2: saying 1,300 yards and 10-plus receiving touchdowns is totally fair for him. There's no reason to not think he's not going to put up a lot more touchdowns than he has. With Russell Wilson, who has supported so many guys to put up eight plus touchdowns like and also he like in 2020 his last healthy
1: season both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf had I'm just 10 saying, touchdowns each I am just saying that your best argument for Cortland Sutton isn't statistical based analysis based on what he's done yes it's, it is no it's based on average depth of target which is totally out of his control I think russell what when you put in russell wilson that's the longest i've ever paused and i'm going to take that as a victory no wait. i right I'm, I'm gonna head in when you put in russell
2: wilson's average yeah. after target how does that how
1: is that not meaningful? i will get into oh, russell wilson <laughs> in a minute because i'm gonna talk about him in the next uh Player section. Well, I know
2: this is what I want to hear, though. Russell Wilson, you're going to have ranked super high, right? Because this is your guy. Yes. I last episode I talked about how every guy in the top eight had an elite wide receiver in fantasy. So who's the elite wide receiver in fa- or there were like 800 plus rushing yards. So who is your elite wide receiver in fantasy for Russell Wilson? Because if he's going to be a top five guy, he's going to have to have an elite wide receiver. So who is it? Jerry Judy.
1: Correlation does not imply causation, Miss okay. Statistical Researcher. But I do absolutely love Russell Wilson this year, period. Dating back to 2015, Russell Wilson is the overall QB5 while ranking 14th in pass attempts. Russ couldn't cook, y'all. Like he literally couldn't cook. He ranks fourth in passing touchdowns, fourth in rushing yards. Again, ranking fourth. 14th in pass attempts like that is absolutely bonkers to me like i i i cannot cannot fathom uh michelle to your point had the second most pass attempts of 20 or more air yards last season behind only tom brady kyler murray like he's in freaking solid company okay um he's willing to throw the ball down the field which bodes well for Cortland sutton Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm-hmm. I look at Cortland Sutton like that bigger bodied wide receiver, uh a la DK Metcalf. And I think I look at uh Jerry Judy more a la Tyler Lockett, like a little bit more smooth, a little bit more about the route running, a little bit less about the depth of target, and more about the the soul of the route. That's how I'm looking at these two. And I think they comp pretty well, but what I do think is that this offense is going to let Russell Wilson throw the goddamn ball. <laughs> like, I think that this is, I, they made this very clear with their investment. They've been looking for this quarterback forever. They're not going to acquire their franchise quarterback finally and not let him throw the ball. When Russell Wilson has thrown uh, at least 21 or more pass attempts in any game, He's been on pace for almost 400 points in a season. Like that's been his game pace, averaging 22.3 points per game, 240 passing yards per game, almost two touchdowns per game. I Like, again, it comes down to passing volume because the efficiency has never been an issue with Russell Wilson. It has come down to. Are they gonna let him throw the ball this week? And I a hundred percent think the Denver Broncos plan to do that. Um, like does it translate to Cortland Sutton having a career year? Like I said, I think eleven hundred touchdowns and eleven hundred start- touchdowns would be pretty amazing. <laughs> eleven hundred receiving yards and six touchdowns, like that probably feels like right around where I'm six going touchdowns, to
2: then Russell Wilson's gonna suck. If Cortland Sutton only has six touchdowns, then Russell Wilson's not going to have very many. Who's putting up more like who's who's going to be the touchdown score on this offense then?
1: Because like I said Russell Wilson can throw the ball to anybody. Well, Michelle. DK
2: and Tyler Lockett both had ten. Yes, 20- and he was 20- still
1: he was still throwing the ball to uh Freddie Swain. Yeah, and- but so
2: you're saying his top wide receiver is only going to have six. So you think Jerry Judy's going to have 14? Like, where are all of these touchdowns coming from?
1: Do you not think Alberto is capable of so, okay, being Okay, so say receiver. another six.
2: Like, okay, let's give five players six. That's still – like, five players six would be insane, and that still would be 30. Okay, like – so I don't know. Like, how do you not think – Tim so Patrick? Like, are you not – I just said five players, six, so that's that's included in the five players. That would be a ton of players with six touchdowns. How do you not think Cortland Sutton's going to get
1: more than six touchdowns this year? I'm just saying that feels about right for him. Okay. Well, we highly Period. disagree here, but I agree with you that Russell Wilson's going to have a nice But, Michelle, year. I'm just saying that, like, Cortland Sutton specifically, like, can he have a major bounce-back season? Yes, but there's nothing – other than the fact that like, yes, he was returning from injury that tells me to buy into Cortland Sutton. Like there's nothing Cortland Sutton based. If I'm buying into Cortland Sutton, it's because I'm buying into Russell Wilson. I'm not buying into Russell Wilson because of Cortland Sutton. And there are some situations where I do think, like I said earlier, a wide receiver elevates their quarterback. I don't think. Cortland Sutton elevates Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson elevates Cortland Sutton. Oh, yeah.
2: I don't think Cooper Cup elevated Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford elevated Cooper Cup.
1: Hmm, interesting.
2: All right,
0: Jake, <laughs> get into your second
2: guy. We need to move along here. Maybe these second players probably have to have a little bit faster of a uh, of the... here, but go mm-hmm. ahead.
0: Don't worry, this will be real fast. And it's not going to be the salve, I think, that you wanted for that conversation either, because when I say the name, you're probably both going to be grossed out by it. But come along with me for the ride that could be Robert Tunyon's best year and should be his best year for fantasy football. So I understand that he is coming off of his own injury. So I was just talking about Chris Godwin earlier and and how he's not going to be a part of the offense right away or certainly doesn't seem like this. Robert Tunyon, on the other hand, was already seen running on the sidelines at tight end university and he looks great. And it's a good thing because the Packers need every trusted pass catcher possible this year. Let me say again, every trusted pass catcher possible because Aaron Rodgers, and maybe this is a bit narrative, but This dude has a reputation, kind of like Tom Brady to some extent, but even more so of being like, you're new here. I don't like you. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to throw to you. And that is pretty much all this receiving core is this year. Aside from Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, who are coming back, neither of these guys are what we would call an alpha receiver, especially at this point in his career. God love you, Randall Cobb, but that is not you right now. So if we flash back to 2020, this is the season where people like to, to call into question Robert Tonyan and like, you know, in 2020, he was the tight end three because he had 11 touchdowns and that's all he did. And I respect that. I understand that. And it was also a particularly just bad year for tight ends for whatever reason. He only averaged 11 fantasy points in 2020. That's what I'm needing him, him to exceed this year. That is so, so doable. So if we also look at 2020, he had the highest passer rating of anybody that was targeted by their quarterback. The highest passer rating when targeted, as long as you didn't have like eight targets, basically. He was that guy. So we're talking about trust, which is very important for Aaron Rodgers. He is, again... (laughs) if not the second, the third most trusted target on that offense. I expect Aaron Jones to get plenty of uh, work out wide. I expect them to lean on the running game overall. And so I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be requested to do as much as he did last year. So we're not looking for Devontae Adams' targets and MVS's targets to all go to somebody on that offense because I don't think that's realistic. But what I think is realistic is for Robert Tunyon to start seeing those nice tight end target shares of like an 18%, which is where we start to really look at a guy and go, yes, that's what I need for tight ends. And then in the red zone, again, lost some pretty important targets in the red zone there. Mercedes Lewis ain't going to be catching eight eight touchdowns this year. Robert Tunyon, I'm not saying he's, he's a lock for 11 touchdowns. But it's a pretty sure bet he's going to at least get close to double digits again. And that's all you need now that he is, again, maybe the the second or third target maybe in this offense. That's what we like out of tight ends. You want to be one of those top guys because it's not just about the touchdowns then. It's about your targets. It's about your yards. And he can easily eclipse that measly 500 or so yards that he had in 2020.
2: I like that. I do because we need more tight ends in our world. And we need some sleepers out there because we can't all grab the Kelsey's or the Andrews or the Kittles or the Pitts. Like you got to choose some other people later in drafts. And you know what? I don't, I don't think Tanyan's the worst pick of life.
0: <laughs> that's, that's about <laughs> all. A, that's ringing a ringing endorsement.
2: endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. That's about <laughs> all I can give you there. Because uh, I agree with you because most tight ends who break out are due to their team desperately needs a pass catcher, right? So I, I agree with you there. I can get on board with that. My guy, I feel like I talk about him nonstop. Yeah, I have so make it brief. Okay. But the <laughs> thing is, I looked back at all of our notes and like, I haven't, I haven't talked about him like at all. So I don't know why mm-hmm. I feel like I talk about him so much. But I, I feel like you talk about this player incessantly. Okay. But my guy is Marquis Brown and I'm sorry. Again. If you're sick about hearing about it, but I have looked and we haven't talked about him. So I need to dig into it a little Supposedly. bit. Supposedly. I do think he's going to have by far his best season. I really do. He was the wide receiver 16 and fantasy points per game from weeks one through 14. <laughs> so I'm going to say that, but that was with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson didn't play after that. So from weeks one through 14, he was the wide receiver 14. He scored nearly a he, 16.1 fantasy points per game. CD lamb during that time was at 16.4. S- Stefan Diggs was at 16.7. Like, He was keeping up with these guys with really big names there. And you had DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, who was out for the first six weeks. Christian Kirk, last year, put up 982 yards, and he's gone now. And I think Marquise Brown is a much better wide receiver than Christian Kirk. And Marquise Brown is just Kyler Murray's bestie. And I am going to give that a little something-something. I really am. I know, I believe in Marquise Brown as a talent more than anybody else. I don't know why. I just actually truly believe he is a special talent, but Marquise Brown had 25% of his team's targets of the Ravens targets in 2021. And that was 13th in the NFL for the most team targets. And I'm so sick of everyone being like, well, targets are earned, right? Whenever there's there's vacated targets. People are like, well, like Gabriel Davis is just going to get them. Like, targets are earned. But then when you have a guy like Marquise Brown, who had 25% of his team targets, and no other wide receiver on the Ravens had more than 12%, 12% to 25%. And no other wide receiver had more than 12%. And no one's giving Marquise Brown the credit for being a good enough wide receiver to earn those targets. He earned them. He led those wide receivers by far in receiving yards every single season he is a very good wide receiver and he makes a difference for an offense because of his speed and the uh, like ability to make defenses worried about him like uh, getting deep and uh, you know beating them in that way where they have to cover they have to change up their coverage it, it, it's just a completely different i think it's going to hurt the ravens this year but besides the point Lamar Jackson had 106 passer rating when targeting Marquise Brown in 2021. When he targeted anyone else in that offense, 80.5 passer rating. Marquise Brown, 106. Anyone else, 80.5. Massive jump down. And according to Next Gen Stats, 20 of Lamar Jackson's 36 deep pass attempts targeting a wide receiver last year were to Marquise Brown. So only 16 other deep attempts throughout the entire season. To a wide receiver went to anyone else and i think that is a big deal because kyler murray is such a good deep passer 115 passer rating and deep pass attempts in his career that's second among quarterbacks since 2019 behind only aaron Rodgers. 42.5 completion percentage on deep pass attempts in his career second among quarterbacks since 2019 behind only the sean watson and all of these numbers just destroy Lamar Jackson. They really do. Lamar Jackson's not a terrible deep passer, but he's like middle of the pack, below average in almost everything. Uh, like I could just compare the passer ratings really quick, 115 to 89.6. It, it, it's a bit of a difference. Lamar Jackson's not a terrible deep passer, but he's definitely not one of the best ones. And I think that's going to make a massive difference this year. Marquise Braun is, I just, I think he's going to blow up. He'll blow up without DeAndre Hopkins in the first six weeks, and then he'll be plenty fine with him. It might even help when Hopkins gets back. I, I love Marquise Brown this year. Top twelve, top ten wide receiver.
0: Smashing him in my best ball drafts because he's always going at the end of the third or into the fourth round. Is like he has my number one wide receiver. I'm so comfortable with. So I love that.
2: Kate, yes, yes. Do you agree? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're not gonna come at me on this one. <laughs> I kind of got a.
0: She's already feasted.
2: Back. Okay, I love, I love your me. next pick, so we'll agree here. Who who's your second guy?
1: I'm gonna go with Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, who I think is definitely in for a career year. And I think we almost—I mean, we did see it last year, but like we're gonna see it even more this year. Uh, like the the player that we saw throughout. Uh, like the first half of last season was absolutely incredible. And it was because the chargers were finally targeting Mike Williams. Holy crap. Like you draft this guy. What uh, was he the fifth, uh, seventh overall pick uh, in 2017. And they're finally realizing like, Oh, we should, we should target this giant human being. Who's like an athletic monster. Like reminder, I, like Mike Ev Av- or Mike, mike evans we have mics on the brain tonight but mike williams like he's been banged up and he's still a focal point of the offense all of the time you look at keenan allen who is like the focal point of the offense who's the slot receiver who's the volume guy but it's been the mike Williams show he led the team in receiving yards last season led the team in receiving touchdowns last season the really incredible thing is that he did that on almost 30 fewer targets than Keenan Allen saw like 30 fewer targets. That's a lot of fewer targets. Um, at Like 62% reception rate compared to Keenan Allen's 70% like he was less efficient, uh, but more efficient at the same time. <laughs> and that's incredible. Like uh, Mike Williams, I think, I, I mean, in terms of yards per route run in terms of, even yards after the catch, which I think we think of as like Keenan Allen territory because he's a slot receiver, had him beat there. Uh, passer rating when targeted. Uh, once again, beat out Keenan Allen. This guy was his team's ultimate wide receiver one. And I don't really think there's any any sort of question about that whatsoever. He's dominant out wide. There's no player that I think has uh quite as much upside for the type of like ADP that he's seeing. You can get him at such a value fourth among wide receivers and red zone targets last year, as many end zone targets as Jamar chase, who is being drafted as a top five wide receiver, like eat up Mike Williams at his ADP all day, because he's not just going to have a career year. He's probably going to finish as a top 12 wide receiver. And I think that's. Well, I think he did last year,
2: didn't he? He was pretty amazing last year.
1: But um, he might. I, I actually don't. Uh, he was top like French. 12. Sorry. Right on he finished dock. 12. 12. Yes. Uh, but I do think like his first half of the season absolutely helped. He was the wide receiver three um, in like the first half of the season. So, again, it came with the target share. He was being hyper targeted, and that worked for them. Like, that was really great for the Chargers. And then they didn't. And even their offense, like, when you're watching them and they're not targeting Mike Williams as much, they looked different. And they didn't look as explosive and as powerful. Like, give Mike Williams the ball, y'all. Like, he got his contract. He got paid. Um, I think he's the best wide receiver on this offense. You have an aging Keenan Allen. I don't know. Wall, like you're fishing for excuses if you're not buying into mike williams mike
2: williams is just a really good wide receiver uh they put him out wide way more often this past year it, he had a career year with 85 percent of his snaps la- aligned out wide last year and he put up 979 of his receiving yards when aligned out wide last season that was fifth most. In the NFL last year, behind only Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, who, yes, is oh, an amazing wide him. receiver, and Stephon Dix. Like these are all really talented wide receivers. When it comes to route, like routes run or yards after the catch, they are all technicians. I don't care if you want to put Deontay Johnson in that spot or not, he is. I do. And Mike Williams is a part of that group. I, I love Mike Williams. He was my breakout last year. And I was correct. I'm just going to keep pointing out what things I'm correct about because I'm <laughs> I'm into myself today,
1: apparently. Uh, I'm into myself. But
2: I'm I also, myself. I agree with you. I think Mike Williams will even have a better year next year. I
1: think they-
0: Career like, years I, on career years.
1: I have to imagine that the, the Chargers look back on their season and think, man, would we have finished this season stronger if we had Mike Williams as involved in the second half of the season as we did in the first half? Yeah. Period. Period.
2: Period. Period. He's going to be great oh. this year. I agree with you. All right. That's it for our show today. As always, if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ballblast E M. You can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast.
0: You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.